0: This is Archive Atlanta, episode 110, First Women in Law. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shaped the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. This week's episode is a tiny bit shorter than normal because I had this topic on my mini episode list, but I struggle every time with the idea that some of these stories won't reach the most number of people because they're not quote unquote long enough. So here I am with an episode about law breaking my own rules because I wanted to share the history of the first women to practice law in the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta, who they were and what had to happen for this time to come. I love law. I moved to Atlanta to do legal assistant work and actually took paralegal coursework uh, and briefly flirted with the idea of law school. My brother, however, was the one that actually went to law school, and that's where he met his wife, who's also an attorney. So I have a lot of lawyers in the family and even some friends. Hey, Jasmine. Before we get to Atlanta, let's back up and talk about women in law in the United States. In 1869, Iowa resident Arabella Mansfield was the first woman to pass a state bar. And if you don't know what the bar exam is, it's a multi-day test that every practicing lawyer in a state must pass in order to legally practice law. Except Wisconsin. Apparently there, they don't have a state bar, but you do have to be accepted by the American Bar Association. So Arabella graduated from Wesleyan College as a valedictorian, but never actually went to law school. Instead, she studied as an apprentice under her brother's law office, and she decided to sit for the state exam. Legally, she was not supposed to because it was restricted to males 21 and over. But she did anyway, and she passed with really high scores. The first woman to graduate from law school was Ada Kepley, who graduated from what is today Northwestern University School of Law. While she graduated in 1870, her home state of Ohio's bar refused women, and she actually drafted a bill that would ban discrimination based on sex. More interested in social activism, she did not apply to the state bar until 1881 when she was admitted. The first black woman to graduate from law school was Charlotte E. Ray, who graduated from Howard University School of Law in 1872. The American Bar Association was formed in 1878, and the first law allowing female attorneys to practice in federal court was passed just a year later. Georgia created its state bar association in 1884, formed by members of the American Bar Association. Its headquarters were in Macon, but it was strictly voluntary. The Atlanta Law School opened in 1891, which was a night school that I hope to do its own episode about in the future. Two years later, local judge Logan Bleckley gives a speech at a meeting of the Georgia Bar, appropriately titled... The Future of Women at the Georgia Bar. He tells the crowd that he believes, quote, the time will come when careers will be provided for women at the bar and in legislation, end quote. But he also says, quote, when a native Georgia woman with legal proclivities and aspirations appears, if she ever should, I think it would be wise for her, if not already married, to marry a lawyer. And I think it would be wise for some young lawyer to marry her and for the two to study and practice on the principle of both doing the loading and letting him do the shooting. End quote. It would be five years after that, 1897, that a Georgia woman would take law classes, but it wasn't even in the state. She was born in Mobile, Alabama, but she moved to Atlanta as a young child and she was educated here. And as a young woman, she was really big in the literary scene. I think it was during the 1895 Cotton States and International Exposition. She was a uh, member of the Women's Press Club. Now, she left to go to Iowa State University, and while there, she enrolled in law classes. So when she came home to Atlanta in 1897, the newspapers were like, look at us, you know, we have an Atlanta woman studying law. Minnie Anderson Hale would be the first Georgia woman to graduate from law school here. She was born in Talladega, Alabama, and came to Atlanta in 1896 as the young bride of James Hale, a wholesale grocer. He died in 1907, leaving her a widowed mother of a young child, and that's when she began to pursue her interest in law. In June of 1911, she received her diploma from the Atlanta Law School, and she went before Judge Pendleton of the Superior Court of Fulton County, along with all her male classmates, to be admitted to the Georgia State Bar. And, of course, she was denied, the only one in her class, and the reason cited because of her gender. The newspapers marveled at how calm and collected she was because, you know, women and their hysterics. And she's quoted as saying, don't blame the judge. He can't help the laws of the state. They were calling it a Mayflower law, saying that the archaic laws like this were brought over with the pilgrims. And she goes, these laws aren't from the Mayflower. They're from, quote, days when people lived in caves and made lights by rubbing stones together and wore little more than peripheral fig leaves, end quote. And I died. And mic drop, girl, mic drop. Minnie also shares with the press that she has friends helping her with a bill to be introduced into the legislature, And so you have to wonder, like, was this planned? You know, she claims she went to law school knowing she couldn't practice and that legal education was not an endgame for her. But I speculate that maybe there was some kind of talk about this and she was strategically chosen to lead this fight. Maybe we'll never know. So her friends in this fight were John Holder, speaker of the Georgia House of Representatives from Jackson County, and then another woman who was enrolled at the Atlanta Law School. Holder was also a former graduate of the school. In July of 1911, four Georgia men introduced House Bill No. 1. Inside the state capitol in downtown Atlanta, Mr. Tippins from Appling County, Mr. Beck from Brooks, Mr. Murphy from Bullock, and Holder, of course. Its text was written by Minnie Hale, changing the word male in the code to citizen. And then in other places, she added male or female in places where it just said male. The bill was colloquially called the Porsche Bill, named for the female lawyer in Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. While the Judiciary Committee passed a favorable report, it ended up failing. And it failed for five consecutive years, Most of the opposition from old, white, southern men was exactly as you imagine it. Concerns about practicing law would, quote, lower the modesty and purity of Georgia's womanhood, end quote. And one lawmaker from Hall County saying, quote, I am willing to give a woman everything she wants, but let's not give her britches, end quote. The Georgia Bar Association also held its annual meeting in 1912, and members mostly opposed a change in the law that would allow women to practice. It was not until August of 1916 that Governor Nat Harris signed the Porsche Bill into law, making Georgia one of the last three states to allow women to practice. Well, white women, but we'll get to that shortly. By this point, the legislation had taken on deeper meaning and was championed by most women's suffragist organizations, nationally and locally. And Hale herself was an active suffragist. She actually was one of the organizers of the Atlanta League of Women's Voters. And if you listen to episode 98 about women's suffrage, you'll know the name Mary Latimer McClendon. It was McClendon who stood at the shoulder of Governor Harris when he signed that bill, with Minnie at the other side. This victory was seen by the suffrage movement as a stepping stone to garnering the right to vote. Minnie Anderson Hale was admitted to the Georgia State Bar in August of 1916, along with three other women. Hale would go on to practice law in Atlanta for the next 14 years. She specialized mainly in real estate law, but on occasion dabbled in divorce and criminal cases. She was an activist for uniform divorce law that would make things easier for women to be granted divorces. She also pushed for the establishment of a desegregated female-only criminal court. She was founder and president of the Georgia Association of Women's Lawyers and the Atlanta Women's Lawyers Club. She worked on the legal case that allowed women to attend the University of Georgia in 1918. She paved the way for people like Eleanor Raoul, who was the first woman to graduate Emory Law School in 1920, and Edith House, who was the first graduate of the University of Georgia Law School in 1925. Minnie Hale was successful in her career, but her personal life always struck me as a bit tragic. She lost her first husband early, but in 1927 she married L.J. Daniel, a partner in Daniel Brothers Clothing Company. He had two adult sons and had lost his wife five years prior. Sadly, L.J. died just three years into their marriage, and she retired shortly thereafter, making 1930 as her final year as an attorney. So we've covered the history of how Atlanta women gained the right to practice law, and the white women that led that fight and have the title of first female lawyer. But we have another side to tell, and that's the story of Black women in law. Estelle Amelia Henderson was the first Black woman admitted to the Alabama State Bar in 1919, but that's where the hard facts end. She's been featured in some Oakland Cemetery tours, but the information that's out there is like zero to none. And the story is that in the same year she was barred in Alabama, she moved to Atlanta. Her sister lived here. And she opened a law office in the Oddfellows building on Auburn Avenue. The Associated Negro Press wrote that she was planning to take the Georgia exam soon and would then become the first black woman to practice law in the state. There is, however, no record of her ever taking the exam or being admitted. But in later city directories, she is listed as an attorney. The first official African-American woman to practice law in Georgia and Atlanta was Rachel Pruden Herndon. Born in Atlanta in 1898, the youngest of six children, she attended the city's public schools and got her college degree at Atlanta University in 1918. Her first career was as a school teacher, and in the summer months, she worked at the Atlanta Service Company. She did these two things for four years before resigning to work in a law office. Later, she married Robert Herndon, but the couple never had children. But when her sister died, she took on her six children and raised them as her own. So this law office where she worked happened to be that of E.T. Walden. And if you don't know who that is, certainly hit up your friendly Google. But I talk about him on my Auburn Avenue tour. His office was at the corner of Jesse Hill and Auburn. And Walden was a prominent black attorney working on civil rights cases across the state and many, many many other things. Rachel herself never actually went to law school. Instead, she learned uh, from Walden. She had another private tutor. She read all of the law books in the office and she took a correspondence course. She was also secretary of the local NAACP. She was the first black female real estate broker in the state. And then in 1937, she sat for the Georgia State Bar Exam. This makes her the second black woman to ever do so. But like so many people, she did not pass on her first attempt. I'm not sure if she continued to try every year or she took a break, but it was 1943 when she finally passed the State Bar Exam. Out of the 63 takers, there were three women, two were black, one was white, and 18 total people passed, including all those three ladies. Rachel's husband died in 1944, but she continued to practice law in Walden's office. At this time, Black attorneys were not welcomed as members of local or regional bar associations. And so in 1948, it was she, along with nine other attorneys, that established the Gate City Bar Association, the third Black bar association in the United States. The name was a play on Atlanta's earliest nickname, the Gate City, but it also was seen as a gateway to opportunities for Black lawyers. In the same year, the American Bar Association had over 500 Black members, and they decided to hold their annual meeting in Atlanta, and it was sponsored by Gate City Bar. They would go on to hold events, have speakers, um, they would collectively support or denounce government plans, which is really cool history there. Rachel Herndon was appointed by Mayor Ivan Allen as the first Black female municipal judge in 1965, and she held that pose until she resigned in 1973. Turned and died in 1979, and she's buried at Lincoln Cemetery. So there you have it, the story of the first women lawyers in Atlanta and how they got there. Thank you everyone for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating or a review. You can also visit the Patreon link in the show notes to support the podcast and listen to bonus mini episodes for doing so. I hope everyone has a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.